Y'all, welcome back to Kentucky Fried Wargaming, where two guys who are unqualified to talk about anything decide to talk about a game with hard math and chance. I'm Joe. And I'm John. And we're coming this episode with uh, a topic that John and I are both supremely passionate about by looking at our Steam profiles. Um, There's been recently a whole rash of announcements of new Warhammer video games that are going to be releasing sometime in the next year or so. And, uh, man, we thought it would be really fun to get together with all of y'all and talk about the sort of Warhammer video games and where we started, uh, kind of how that went and maybe what we're looking forward to in the future. Cause John, I don't know about you, but, uh, some of the games that are looking to come out, I am quite excited for. Yeah. And there's others that I am nervous uh, and there's well, even more that I'm just like, who was this for? Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. Yeah, we'll get to that. Uh, oftentimes when a new Warhammer game is announced, it seems that the appropriate reaction is nervous. But not always. There are definitely some diamonds in this rough, and I can't wait to talk about them. But uh, I guess first, as always, we should talk about hobby progress and games played. All right, John. Uh, hobby time. What have you been up to? What you been working on? Uh, so I've been working on Space Marine still, just kind of as a palate cleanser from the Skaven. Uh, mm-hmm. Reading some books. I actually did still do some work on Skaven uh, this week. <laughs> you could never get away from them, rat dudes. Well, yeah, I've, I've just got I've got so many of them to do. A lot of the old Isle of Blood stuff. So like. I've just got so many clan rats. I've got so many engineers. I've got so many weapons teams. Uh, the new rules that got shown off in Kragnos of like being able to hide weapons teams in blocks of clan rats has me excited. And I hope that's Ooh, a thing yeah. they keep in AOS 3 whenever they get a new book. Because it's an old rule from like Warhammer Fantasy that's super fun. It definitely makes it hard for anybody to pop the teams that you so badly want dead. And I think that it provides like an actual reason to bring the teams on the table and not just brings up like a storm fiend. So, yeah, agreed. And that inside a big block of uh, clan rats, while also being permanently battle shock immune. Oh, wee, that is that's tasty. Yeah, it's spicy. And I'm also a broken human being who spent a good hour and a half last night looking at Ozark Bone Reaper models on John Games no. Workshop's website. Um, you cannot. I actually cannot. Like, I, I physically cannot right now. But in the future, at some point, I will start a Bone Daddy's army. Good lord. I gotta take away your Total War Warhammer privileges. You can't be playing new factions in that game. Uh, you should just take away my internet privileges in general because I really like plastic miniatures. <laughs> Damn it, John. Can't take you anywhere. Some people like golf. Other people like building cars. Like, 
some other people, like, I don't know, uh, burning the Library of Alexandria. I don't know. I guess it's a hobby. But I like plastic army men. Like, <laughs> what, am I do, what am I to do? Burning the Al- If burning the Library of Alexandria is your hobby, that's kind of a shame. Because it really only could happen once. Yeah, like, that's kind of a one-and-done deal. Like, you can only go to Gen Con once. <laughs> <laughs> wait no i've been to gen con two times three times how dare you do that to those precious precious volumes of knowledge <laughs> i i sincerely apologize to the library of alexandria for what i've done to it yeah um let's see i guess over on my end uh it's been a decent hobby week better than last week because i didn't have like the holiday going out of town stuff um I finally figured out how I was going to kind of wash the, the minis that I had painted the previous week. Normally Don the Dish. Uh, yeah, I was thinking Tide. Yeah, just throw them right in the yeah. uh, actual laundry machine. No, no, you can't use um, Tide. That's I need Deepkin. You got you to gotta pick something else. <sighs> You're correct. Arm and uh, Hammer. Arm and, ha- Arm and Hammer. That's the... Oh, no. Purple Power. Purple yep, Power? That's okay. the stuff. Okay, okay. Anti-greaser? Perfect for Caradrons. Um, all the mechanics and stuff. Yeah, I washed those, uh, like, Thunderers and the, uh, the Endron Master. Uh, I also tidied up the gun hauler, because as you're painting a boat that big, you're inevitably gonna, like, splotch over onto some other spots you didn't mean to. Uh, so I went back and tidied that up. Uh, I've also been 3D printing myself silly. Um... I kind of mentioned I needed to, like, (laughs) replace that FEP film. Well, I did so, and my printer has been running nonstop since then. So, uh, our bud Corwin, uh, Corwin, if you're listening, what up? Um, He's kind of doing a a project where he's going to build a diorama for somebody, and uh, he needed some minis printed. So, of course, I wanted to help him, and I have printed, uh, like, 20 minis for him. And then also, in sort of hobby news, well, games played news, John is going to come up to visit for the first time in like a year and a half. And yeah. we are going to play Age of Sigmar until our eyes bleed. And we also want to try Rain in Hell from uh, Vince Ventrilla and Adam of uh, Tabletop Minions. Which means I need to have demons. And I don't have demons because I am a good person who doesn't play Chaos. You filthy heretic. Hey, you can sell um, all you want, but we're going to go get noodles after. That's going to be great. I know. It's going to be lovely. We're going to have ramen, and it's going to be delicious. Tonkatsu, get in my tummy. Um, but that means I need to get demons. So literally, last night, I printed the last of Corwin's miniatures, and immediately I started printing uh, gargoyles so I can make my own cabal of, uh, what's the subfaction called? The Judges. Or as I'm going to call my cabal, the Jury of Stone. Um, And I'm going to make it themed around like stone gargoyles uh, passing judgment upon other demons in hell. Um, Which is cool. Very cool. It's very rad. But but I gotta print all of those. So I have a lot of printing that I've been doing uh, and I'm going to keep doing throughout this week. And um, this week in general is going to be loaded with hobby progress because my my lovely lady wife has uh, has been helping me a lot with building models because she's delightful. 
However, I yesterday afternoon I left to go to a, a D and D game. It was the first time we had had D and D in over a year, and I came back and she had built ten Arcanauts and was starting on a frigate. And this morning, both of those were done. So now, on top of the rest of the stuff I have to get ready for this weekend, I have an Arcanaut company and a frigate that have to be on the table. Um, so in the upcoming week, I'm going to be printing demons and more demons and more demons and more demons and painting dwarves until my eyes bleed to try to keep up with my build goblin that I apparently live with. Um, <laughs> I... I do not think I will get the frigate painted in time. Just, I don't think so. Um, but I think I could probably pull off painting the Arcanaut Company and the engine riggers. I'm, I think I could probably do that. I'm just, okay, so like you're saying this, but I'm I'm only imagining a meme. And the meme is, uh, I think Carl, his name's Carl from uh, Teenage Hunger Force. Mm-hmm. And it is just you walking in, but it's it's your face on Carl's body, and it's just a, a like a, your wife sitting there, and she's building models, and you look at her and go, "It's a freaking frigate!" Like, <laughs> <laughs> and I can't, I can't stop. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's great. Like for people out there who's like significant others or partners help a hobby, um, it's great. It's a blessing. Because I don't like building stuff, and she likes to build stuff. However, she could build it faster than I could paint it. And uh, we get to a little bit of a bottleneck somewhere around my paint table in that general area. Um, I mean, if, so, you don't, yeah. if you don't get cracking, she's going to shame you into doing it. I know. I know. She's going to post my inappropriate hobby shame uh, pictures on Twitter. She's going to post a picture. This is going to be a picture of you sitting at your computer playing, like, I don't know, League of Legends. <laughs> and she'll take a picture of it and go, look at this absolute plebeian and look at his desk. And the desk is just covered in gray plastic. <laughs> oh, no. Couldn't she just, like, insult my Peter or something? Like, come on. Don't hit me in the hobby, shame. That's a low blow. Come on. Um, yeah, I... I know I don't have to have everything painted for games this weekend. There's no rule that says I have to. But my brain... My brain wants to. As long as you work <laughs> on it, I think you'll be all right. Like, if you just ignored it the whole time, it'd be a different yeah, story. Yeah. If you were me, um, that'd be a different story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if I don't get the frigate done, that's not the end of the world. That's a big boat. Um, but if I could get all the foot soldiers done, I'd be in a good place. That's cool. I could then just finish the frigate on after the weekend. You know what I mean? Especially with, like, the hobby hype that will come after playing the game. Um, well, I mean, I'm just going sure. to ruin your good time with this. Um, uh, my Skaven are not going to be fully painted by this week. John, you have been painting them for like six months straight. It's a lot of rats, my guy. It's also not just painting. It's also like rebasing and everything else. So, ah, True. I mean, don't you worry. They won't stay on the board long enough for anyone to notice their color. Ayo! Hey! I have I have enough painted that you can kill enough in the first turn. It'll look like I have a fully painted army. <laughs> Lock and load, boys. We got to do a public surface. Oh, I love it. Uh, yeah. And after uh, we get together this weekend, don't y'all worry. We will. Uh, we will fill you in on <laughs> what. Uh, 
what transpires across the weekend. And I'm sure uh, the games played will just be delightful. Um, so look forward to that on the next episode, because Lord knows I am. Um, but in the meantime, I guess we should probably move on to the thing that is my single biggest hurdle to actually painting anything, and that is Warhammer video games. John, I w this is going to be a big topic because there has been a cornucopia of Warhammer video games that have been released over the years. Um, you know what they say, I like big topics and I cannot lie. Is that, I don't think that's what anyone <laughs> says. I don't think anyone says that I think anyone says that. I think I made that up and it's a terrible joke. <laughs> yeah, before we started recording, I actually went to the like wiki to see what video games have been released because I was going to do like a quick rundown of all the releases. Uh, there are way too many for that. Just, yeah, yeah, just too many. Way too many. Um, so generally speaking, Warhammer video games have been around for a long, long time. Um, and... Before we kind of talk about where we're going, I think it's it's probably prudent to kind of speak about where we started or where we've been. Um, because for people who have been in the hobby for quite a while, you probably have a, an interesting relationship with video games tied to this IP. That's Joe's nice way of saying sometimes you really like him and other times you regret spending money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it was actually something that uh, John and I were kind of talking about before the show. That in the early in the earlier days of sort of Warhammer video games, in the ancient times, yes, in the age of chaos, um, a lot of the games that were kind of given the okay by Games Workshop were small or were just awful. And um, while there definitely are some diamonds in the rough, a lot of the games that have been put out are just sort of like quick, tiny games. Oftentimes, it's sort of like the mobile game format, even sometimes yeah, when yeah. they weren't mobile games. And because of that, the, the general thought around Warhammer games was unpleasant. You know, when you heard that a new Warhammer game was announced, you just sort of flinched and went, oh God, what's it going to be now? Like, how bad is this one going to be? Will it even launch? Like, is how many crashes am I going to have? How many bugs are there going to be? Um, it's it's a storied history. And even well, it's like, up until recently, that's you, still, like, a thing. You can't just, like, watch a trailer for a new Warhammer game and go, I'm excited to play that. Because, like, they half the time don't show you what the game actually is. And you kind of need to, like, either know the developer or know the, like, publisher and recognize other works they've done to even be like, oh, yeah, that's going to be something like this. Cool. Nice. nice. I'm going to play that. It, but most of the time you're like, ah. Well, and sometimes you look at the publisher and go, oh, no. Like, I, I am not going to. I'm really worried and not going to play that. Um, it's, it's rough because I, I think there are some games that absolutely stand as a beacon in the dark. So let's kind of head back a little bit to some of the games that have stood out and are incredible that are maybe a little older. Uh, first and foremost, the first Dawn of War game. Uh, it was sort of a 
a big StarCraft-esque RTS uh, where you played one of the many factions in the Warhammer universe and you built up your bases and you built up your units based off of everything from the tabletop game and then you took them across the map to fight your opponent. And uh, it is still being played even now with a surprisingly lively modding scene that is still putting out like full game overhauls and new units and stuff that are all fan-made. And that's only possible when a game is truly truly amazing well the the trick they did there was they went wide and they offered all of the factions and they offered like a good foundational gameplay with so many options and so many so much replayability because you can play everything that you can play in the tabletop people are like yeah 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 yeah, yeah i'm into that um and Donna war 2 was different but better but different like yeah it was squad based where yeah. instead of having a giant army of guys, you controlled uh, up to five individual squads. And you sort of moved your way across the map, and it was zoomed in. Now, that was different, but also still great. And yeah, there are, everybody has their preferences. For me personally, I like Dawn of War 2 more. Uh, but for people who are like RTS fans, they're going to like the first game more. But they were both undoubtedly good. No debate there. Also... It's a little older now, but I've recently rebeat it, and it still holds up. Space Marine. Yes, Space. Space Marine. Space Marine. <laughs> um, I cannot uh, tell you how fun that game is. It came out in the, sort of the Xbox 360 era, and uh, it was made by THQ Nordic, and it was a game in which you play in a third-person action, like hack-and-slash beat-em-up, a space marine of the ultramarines. Um, and you are dropping onto a planet that is being besieged by orcs and is being overrun. And you get in sort of enveloped in a story there as you're trying to push back the orc horde. And it is just a banger. All of the combat feels crunchy and brutal. The gore effects are great for the time period. Uh, all of the weapons and movements are lore perfect. The bolters kick hard. The thunder hammers thunder. And uh, the orcs, by the way, oh, God, so doofy and fun. Um, well, like, I think the, the game really benefits from that. It, it, it roots itself in a campy ultraviolence. Oh, yeah. Like, there, there's no doubt that this is just constant violence. Of, like, gun, gun, shoot, shoot, sword, sword, fight, green, man. Ah! Like, but the the silly voices and, like, the over-the-top nature really lends it to just being a fun game and not a grim, dark, sad game. Yeah. Yep. So. Um, and it was wonderful. I mean, I, I cannot sing its praises enough. It was a single-player game that was largely made to be a single-player game before all of like the time savers and XP boosters and all of the stuff that are crammed into games now. So it is just super fun. And it also has a multiplayer setting where you can like do a horde mode where you and a couple other people uh, drop in a Space Marines trying to hold off grease get green skins for as long as you can. Um and that holds up surprisingly well, I gotta say. Uh, there's a whole lot to it. And 
I think from there, we have to talk about the Juggernaut. There's no way around yes. it. Yes, I, we have to talk about Total Warhammer franchise. Oh, my God. This is my it is. one of my favorite games of all time. Like, bar none. Yeah. Not just, like, Warhammer games. I mean, ever. So, there's some there's some stuff about it that, like, folks will get upset about, which is, like, not all the factions are included when you buy the game. You have to buy them separately as packs. Uh, but the benefit is that when you buy faction packs from the first game, they're still playable in the second game. And presumably they will all be playable when the third game gets released, released later this year. Yeah. Um, uh, in the Mortal Empires campaign, which is just every faction they've ever released for Total Warhammer combined on one map. Yeah, so the idea of Total War, for those who haven't played it, is that you pick a faction and you were on a giant map of the world that you are sort of looking at across. And you are building your army and sort of like a starting location, and you are trying to push out to take other cities from warring factions nearby. And every time you take a city, you start raising your income, you're getting more money, your technology's improving, your army is growing, and not just in size, but also in terms of, like, numbers and eliteness, you know? You might start out with, like, savage orcs if you're playing an orc campaign, and then work your way up to like heavily armored black orcs and then giants and then arachnorock spiders. And over time, you sort of build this momentum. You get multiple armies. You fight your way across the world. You dominate the world. And you do that in these really, really cool, like every time you go to fight another faction, you get to drop down to a map where you have your whole army up to 20 units and you sort of deploy them out battlefield style where you see them on the battlefield and you maneuver them across the board trying to fight the opponent's army and outflank them and outsmart them and outmaneuver them and the gameplay loop is enthralling i mean i've played total war forever way before they did fantasy stuff but there is something about that rock solid core foundation that when added to the glorious, like, fun world of fantasy with all the different races and magics and units and this beautiful IP that Warhammer is, that absolutely is almost a masterpiece for me. Like, don't get me wrong, there are some issues with it and it's got problems, but none of those matter because I just have so much fun when I play it. It is incredible and it was so good that like they did total war warhammer one they did total war warhammer two and now we're looking down the barrel of total war warhammer three and uh yeah i i just love it to bits and uh it has really helped warhammer and and total warhammer three is delving into a place that is interesting because where total warhammer one and total warhammer two were mostly picking up the factions that had model ranges and well-established lore in old Warhammer fantasy when they released the vampire coast, which are pirate vampires. Um, love it with zombies. Love it. They were mostly like they existed in the lore, but they were never their own model range. So it's all made up by creative assembly with GW's blessing. And in total Warhammer three, we're some, seeing something similar with Cathay and Kislev fighting against like all the four chaos gods. And so you're seeing the video game actually propel this stuff forward and with them wanting to bring back the old world, uh, the world that was, as its own setting and game in the future, I think that this being so popular 
and Creative Assembly doing such a good job and kind of revitalizing Warhammer Fantasy um, will really add to that and will probably, in my opinion, make it a more diverse and better uh, setting and game than it was in the past. In the past, it was basically like Tomb Kings, Vampires, like Orcs, Empire. Like There was lots of cool stuff in it, but it was very much the product of its time, and I think it can be better without with still being different from Age of Sigmar. Like Age of Sigmar being a drastically high fantasy version and like a low lower fantasy to medium fantasy version in Warhammer Fantasy. Thanks to Creative Assembly's like work on this video game. Yeah, and I think it will stand the test of time. And I mean, again, looking at our Steam profiles, we've each played these games for hundreds of hours. Um you would be correct. <laughs> they are just they're wonderful. So See, like, Games Workshop does put out good games, but it's a complicated relationship. Um, I I wish it was brighter, and I wish it was sort of better, but despite the good stuff, I still flinch when I see new stuff. However, um, in more recent times, there's been some some things that are maybe making me a little more hopeful, so... The first Total War game is a little older now. Uh, however, we could also throw out Vermintide and Vermintide 2, which are newer titles. Uh, yeah. Uh, that absolutely kind of blew us away. For people out there, I loved Left 4 Dead. Like, that came out and was going on when I was, like, in er middle school to early high school. The first one dropped, and it consumed me and my buddies' lives. I mean, we played split screen. Like, we got on Xbox Live and played together. We would play split screen together. We did uh, even won a Left 4 Dead tournament in the, like, versus mode. And, <laughs> yeah, that was a thing. There's photographic evidence uh. of me and Corey kicking the hell out of people in Left 4 Dead. Um, and that genre is so fun. And it's been a long, long time since I've played a game in that genre that I think even stands up to it, much less beats it. However, uh, I've got to hand it to Games Workshop. They partnered with uh, Fat Shark to produce a game called Vermintide that is very much so in the sort of Left 4 Dead style of gameplay where... Instead of zombies, it's Skaven. How dare you kill my good, good boys? No, I slaughter them by They're the not. dozens. Uh, to be fair, they kind of deserve it. They're all terrible. They, They're all wretched little creatures. Oh, wow. I killed 300 Skaven. What are you going to do with the other 3.8 trillion? Um, it is a setup to where you and three other people in a squad of four will run through this campaign world and you are being assaulted by hordes upon hordes upon hordes of Skaven. I mean, just endless seas of fur and meat piling down upon you but it's a good thing you're playing a bunch of badasses <laughs> because you could absolutely hack through them uh they came out with a, a cast of great characters there's six of them everything from like a witch hunter to a dwarven iron breaker to a fire mage a wood elf uh you know. kruber you have you you're forgetting kruber i'm sorry this the man who doesn't want to be there but 100 percent wants to be there <laughs> and as you you know you team up and you start swinging like two-handed axes into this pack of meat 
And it is so satisfying to, like, the thunk of the weapon and the feedback of the hits, combined with, like, the gore and the dismemberment and bodies go flying. Uh, and, and just as you kind of get the rhythm, you're like, okay, I know how to kill these these regular rats. I could do this for days. A special shows up. A gutter runner will grab you when you're alone and pin you to the ground and stab you to death. Yeah, a rat ogre will spawn, much like a tank in Left 4 Dead, and absolutely ruin your day. Uh, a troll might pop up. Uh, a gas rat will throw a globe to blind you. Um, it's just a great iteration of the Left 4 Dead sort of format, but with this beautiful Warhammer integration that because of the nature of melee and fantasy, like most of the wet, like the, you don't have like machine guns in old world that you can easily carry around. Uh, have you seen the dwarven engineer class? I know, but I, I said that you could easily carry around. Okay. I, I did say that <laughs> in the words I said, they came out my mouth. Um, they really sort of pushed forward the melee and it is a glorious game. And they came out with Vermintide two, not too long ago that did uh, similar things, except they kind of pumped the, like the gameplay was so solid that they, they tuned up the uh, character customization. So, you know, whatever character you play, you can change their items around and change their appearances more and kind of make them more personal to you, as well as having subclasses for every character with special rules and mechanics and weapons. Um, it has just been a delightful romp, and to this day, I never not down to play Vermintide. Uh, anybody and who's like pokes me in Discord and says, "Hey, you want to smash some rats?" The answer is yes. I would love to smash some rats. And you're forgetting about when they added Beastmen. Oh, they added Beastmen as a faction that you can fight against, where they have like they have Bulgors showing up, and they have Chaos Spawn, and they've got. Oh, they also added a. Uh, Chaos Warriors, like Nurgle Chaos Warriors. That's another thing that got added. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's there's three different types of enemies to fight. It's not just Skaven. Um, but they're all chaos flavored. So Oh yeah. It is it's so much fun. It is so much fun. Uh and games like that in Total War have kind of given me some hope for Games Workshop, whereas before I never thought they would start pumping out good games. And I think the And Go ahead. Like the Vermintide thing really is a change for Games Workshop and video games because most of the most successful video games for 40K and, and fantasy have been strategy focused. Yeah. And I don't think that that should be the case all the time. Like, I think the, t the tabletop game is a lot of fun. Vermintide's really good. And I think Darktide that's coming out later this year, probably this oh, summer, we'll get there. will be even better. Oh, we'll get there. We'll, we'll get to talking about Darktide, but. Like I, I want to see the game as like the franchise lean away from putting everything on a strategy board and putting it more towards shooters and action games and RPGs and things that aren't just play the 40 K game, but on a computer screen. <laughs> yeah. Fully agreed. Um, I really like, I know that the easiest translation is to just throw everything on a strategy map and go, there you go. Uh, but this IP has room for so much more, so much more potential and they're starting to explore it. And it kind of gives me a little bit of hope for some of the games that are about to drop. 
Um, just recently, we got Hired Gun that came out, which is sort of like a Doom Eternal style shoot 'em up, where you are playing a bounty hunter in the Underhive of Necromunda. Um, you know, hunting down gang members with your like various uh, assorted machine guns, and and you get a dog, a cyber dog with like mechanical uh, new uh, air compressed jaws, like uh, so cool, so so cool. Um, and they just announced, as John mentioned earlier, a new game where you're going to be playing Grey Knights, fighting against de- uh, some sort of chaos. They haven't shown us anything about that yet so hold your horses um they're a new game battle sector where you are playing blood angels fighting tyranids and it's sort of like a strategy style game um it doesn't look you know necessarily like graphically impressive but it looks much cleaner than a lot of the other warhammer games which are absolutely rust buckets that need polished so that's a step in the right direction Uh, and uh dark tide is also was announced dan abnett is helping write and has been helping write for Dark Tide. So yeah. that's what that's a team up. Uh, for those out there who aren't aware, Dark Tide was announced last year, and we've been waiting for more releases and stuff. Uh, Dark Tide is being made by the same developers who made Vermintide that we just spoke so highly of. Um, they were, I guess, they probably have, I don't know what the sales numbers are, but they've probably knocked it out of the park compared to what GW were expecting. So they've partnered with them. Well, we know that Vermintide did well enough that they've continually kept supporting it with new content and want to continue doing it for years into the future. So we know it's it's done pretty good. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, just on its review scores alone, I think it's worth having in GW's warehouse, and I'm sure it's sold like hotcakes because a lot of people I know have bought it. Um, and they they did so well that Games Workshop offered them the 40k IP. And essentially went, hey, do you want to make a Vermintide-esque game, but using Warhammer 40,000? And uh, I guess they said yes, because Darktide was then announced, where you are playing a group of, uh, I guess the best way I can put it is Imperial soldiers that are all non-Space Marines. Uh, From like an Imperial Guardsman to like a sort of an Arbides fanatic to an Ogryn um, teaming up to go into a hive that is sort of fallen with all sorts of horrible things in there. Um, And that alone is a great premise. And given how well Vermintide 2 did, I have no doubt that the gameplay is going to be crunchy and brutal and vast and violent. Um... But to now have Dan Abnett? Is, was it Dan who's writing for them? Yeah, the Dan Abnett's yeah. writing uh, for Dark Tide. Uh, to have him backing the story? Uh, what a combination. Um, we're recording this uh, in early June, so it's not out yet. But I'm really hopeful for that. Uh, and I think some of these games like, give me a little more hope. And I'm maybe in the future... Uh, we could do a follow-up episode talking about... I would love to talk about how Games Workshop turned around their association of, like, poor quality with their video games. Like, I would love for that to just be a thing. That, you know, five years down the line, we look back and go, man, doesn't GW make great games? Like, isn't that just awesome? I love these bangers they keep putting out. Um, I just... I think that would be great. But I think... 
before we leave, we would be remiss, John. We would be doing these people a disservice if we didn't wish list baselessly, as we love to yes. do. It would be yes. wrong. It is half of our, our show, is us going, well, we would love it if it was like this instead of how it be. Yeah, yeah. At this point, it is our civic duty to wish list for the people. So, John, if you could will a game into existence of one type or another, based on the the sort of Warhammer IP, what game would you have and why? Okay. Story-based RPG. Damn you, you took mine. Short shooter bastard action set in 40k where you play starting out as an acolyte for an inquisitor Mm -hmm. and from like a la dark heresy and you quickly go from acolyte all the way up the chain into where you are an inquisitor or they can just you start as an inquisitor doing stuff and traveling through the 40k, doing things. Alternatively, the same concept, but a rogue trader game where you are a member of the rogue trader crew that is traveling through a story of multiple planets in which you kind of get to see everything in the 40k universe with a cool narrative to it, with some fun mechanics. You can add in psychic powers or shooting elements or action elements, and it's just there. Um, it doesn't have to be open-worldy. It can be more like... Um, Maybe like Mass Effect 1 or like uh, The Witcher 3 mm-hmm. where you travel for, to a location. So like especially if it's the, the Rogue Trader one where you hop on your ship, your ship does some stuff, you do some stuff on your ship. The ship next segment of the story is going to this planet, planet and the stuff you do on this planet and then you move to the next planet after you you know finish a portion of the story. But you can do a bunch of side quests there and, and stuff. I think that would not only perform well, I think the setting like would benefit from it. And I think that it would be a blast and I'd spend 200 hours playing it because I love the setting. Man, that does sound good. And I hate you because I was going to say the same thing, but for Age of Sigmar. But don't worry, I'll turn. I'll pivot. Um, yeah, pivot. Uh, I would... Pivot. <laughs> pivot! <laughs> I would love to see... Uh, a game in the Age of Sigmar universe in a similar style to Space Marine. Because um, one of the things that we do not get in Age of Sigmar very often, uh, we're starting to get it more now in the novels, but I feel like when Age of, because Age of Sigmar is a new setting, when it dropped, they had to sort of paint the broad strokes very quickly. And because there was like, they're starting from scratch, they had to kind of flesh out all the big stuff, you know, the gods and the history of how they got here and what they're doing. Uh, and it kind of left a lot of like the world building for the smaller stuff to the side. Um, like the meme repeated in a lot of forums is sort of like, where are the farmers in age of Sigmar? Like, where does the food come from? Like, what does the world look like? How do people get to work? And I think you could address a lot of that and also make a super sick smash game if you did a sort of space marine style game but in the age of sigmar universe where you are playing a stormcast eternal with your brotherhood and you are moving out across the world now that chaos is sort of pouring out of the realm gates and you are playing a stormcast eternal who is no longer a mortal 
because of Bellacor. Uh, like the stakes are higher for you. You are no longer an immortal warrior who could do anything and everything you want. Now you have to be careful, but despite that, you still have to act and you could play a beautiful story going out from city to city, trying to help push back the darkness, both without and within. And in doing so, meet characters living in the world, fleshing it out, showing you how these places work with very different flavors depending on the realm you're in. I mean, the realm of Gur versus the realm of Gairan versus the realm of Akshi. I mean, all of these places would look so, so different and have absolute vast, vast potential for world design. And combine that with a crunchy, brutal melee combat system and maybe throw some magic in there for good measure. Oh my, I think you could have a great beat-em-up game that also has a really fun story, and I would play the bejesus out of it. Absolutely I, play the bejesus out of it. I love that one, but it gave me another idea, so I'm just going to go with it. Okay, all right. Um, have you ever played the Kingdom Under Fire game? Uh, yes. Games? God, yes. Uh, I actually okay. just rebought Kingdom Under Fire Crusader because it came to PC, and I was like, oh my god, I'm 10 again. <laughs> yeah, so like I want to see that game, but with Stormcast Eternals, yep. where you are not in charge of Stormcast Eternals, you are in charge of like Cities of Sigmar, like forces, mm -hmm. and you are having to like move out and do things, but not like with the overmap the way that they had it before. It's like you're you're moving and and doing things, make it a little bit better, more modernized. But instead of it where, like, you're running around with your own squad of dudes, have it where you, as the, like, you are moving it around like an RTS. Like, you're moving your units around and, and engaging in fronts. And a set number of times per mission, you can drop down, like, Thunderstrike down as a Stormcast Eternal, mm -hmm. and engage with the fight as a beat-em-up fight time. Oh, that'd be sick. Yeah. And, like, but you are, like, this cast of Stormcast Eternals. That you can you you pick which one you want to drop down to to benefit the fight, and you're a small number, like maybe like five Stormcast Eternals in charge of like I don't know the whole armies of the city of Sigmar, and they have to somehow fight against this encroaching problem. Oh, that'd be sick. I think that'd be rad. And then you can make the much like how uh, Kingdom Under Fire did. You can make that, but have it for different factions. So you can have that for faction one for his Stormcast and cities. You can have a Dwarven one where instead of dropping down as like, um, a Stormcast, you could have them dropping in as Arcanauts or like dropping in as a frigate or fire slayers like burrowing up from the ground. Um, yeah, that could be cool. Or, Ooh, you could do a chaos campaign where like mm -hmm. you are controlling all the chaos units and you get to choose when you like spawn in chaos spawn or like open a rift to summon in demons. Um, yeah. Ah, uh, yeah. There's potential there. There's so much potential. And I haven't played a kingdom under fire, a uh, kingdom under fire style game in, well, since crusaders like that, yeah, that genre like, doesn't it pop was, up. Well, because it, it's very similar to dynasty warriors, but with more strategy elements, like with more micromanagement. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that there's space for that to come back in video games. That would be great. Yeah. And specifically, I think this set, this setting fits that to the T. Like, I I just, I think it'd be great. I want it. Now I'm going to go play Kingdom Under Fire for like six hours. Thanks. Yeah. I mean, I'm down. I'm down for all that. 
But I think now the question I want to pass off to the viewers who have sat here this long. Y'all, what games do you want to see? I mean, obviously this IP is vast and there is so much potential to have a bunch of great games and a variety of genres. Everything from sort of like mysteries to beat-em-ups to obviously RTSs, RPGs. Uh, there's just so much room. And I would love to hear the games that you guys would like to see. I mean, we're it looks like we are getting more games quicker now. And it, budgets are slowly getting a little higher. So I would love to hear sort of the community sentiment of what, what y'all want to see the most. And if it's different from ours, or maybe even better than ours, I'd love to hear it. Um, for the YouTube people, feel free to drop it in the comments below. For people who are listening on the variety of places that we post a podcast for sort of podcast streams, uh, feel free to reach out to us on social media, Instagram, Twitter. We'd love to respond to people on there. Uh, and we'd happily talk about our wish list with you guys. But for now, I think that's been all of our opinions. Bonafide Kentucky Fried. We'll see y'all next time after we play another 100 hours of Total War Warhammer. <laughs> Bye, guys.